0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Ire, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Just a brief recap, if I was to summarize everything I've said, since we started this series on the Believer's Love Walk, I'll summarize it thus. Number one, the love of God is proactive. What did I say? Yes, the love of God is proactive. So that was the first teaching I did. I think I was in Abuja at the time. And yeah, I, I, still, I came back to Lagos the next day. And I said, God's love never waits for you to initiate an act of kindness he always initiates. That's so important. You see, human love is responsive. We gauge people's attitude, their character, to know how to respond. Because we don't want to be embarrassed. We want to be sure that, I mean, if, because love makes you vulnerable. You have to understand, love makes you vulnerable. And we try to protect our vulnerability. So, before we open up to people, we are gauging and to see if they are worthy of our response and our freedom and our expression. But not God. Not God. He paid the ultimate price, sent his son to die for us, knowing that some people will not accept. He didn't wait for us to cry out to him, to ask for salvation. He took the step even before we realized our need for salvation. The sacrifice is great enough. The sacrifice is great enough. If people realized, oh, they needed salvation, and then they began to pray and intercede, Lord, send the Messiah, send the Savior. It's a different thing. You have to understand, the gospel will still be awesome if that was what happened. But the fact that he took, all the precautionary measures, came up with the plan himself, paid the ultimate price before we even realized that we needed it such that when we discovered our need for salvation, we also discovered that the provision was there already available. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the gospel was preached to you, what was preached to you was not just that you are a sinner, I hope, but that Someone paid the price for your sins. And this is, this is something to know about the love of God. He initiates. And it's something about our love too. We're not waiting for people to meet all the demands before we decide that they are worthy of our love and our response. That's not the love of God. Listen, you have to understand that the people of the world think they understand love. Because there is, there is a love known to man. Normal human responses. You give birth to a child, oh, so cute. You know. You know, the Bible makes that comparison between a woman and a suckling child and the father's love. He says the father's love is greater. So you have to understand that the people of the world they think they know love and they understand love and they try. But the Father's love is far removed from that. Higher and better. And one of the ways in which his love is higher and better is that he always initiates. He never waits for us to come up with a plan. You know, even in prayer, it's something to know that the Father knows our needs. Think about that. He knows. So we're not actually telling him anything. And that's why vain babbling. Jesus talked against vain babbling as if by constant repetition then he will now say, oh now I'm going to listen. He already knows. He's proactive. He's responsible. He always initiates. Powerful thing to remember. And you're not knowing it just for the sake of it or just so that you can know that about God but so that you can know that about yourself. Because you carry his spirit. Say loud amen. amen. Remember as he is, so am I. He is love and so we are what? Hallelujah. Then the second thing we talked about is that love is an unconditional demand for the believer. An unconditional demand. Remember I told you the story I mean of Jesus and I gave, I gave you the present day value of the money. Someone owed $5 billion Someone else owed 5K. He was forgiven of his 5 billion uh, debt, but he wouldn't forgive someone who owed him 5,000 naira. And then the analogy is simple. God has forgiven you way more compared to the offense that you face daily. And God's love is so great. His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace is so great that it becomes an insult for you to refuse to forgive your neighbor. No matter what your neighbor did to you, it's infinitimally insignificant compared to to the grace of God. I mean, you can't even begin to compare. Don't you think that that analogy was extreme? No, it's not even enough. Five billion to five thousand naira, it's not even enough. He has forgiven us much. We must forgive. We don't have a choice. Not the person by the side generally say you don't have a choice. Hallelujah. Then last week we we shared the you know, we talked on handling offense and we talked about something that someone who is untrained spiritually will not know. The fact that there are factors behind the scenes. Someone just thinks, if we if I have an offense against you we think it's just about the issue at hand, not knowing that sometimes the devil is playing games. And so the Bible says that we should not give the devil an advantage because we are not ignorant of his devices. And that's important. We are men of the Spirit. We can see beyond the natural and see when the devil is playing games. So so that's something to, you know, many times we are more concerned about who was right or who was wrong. More concerned about vindication than relationship. You see that? We want to be vindicated. And yeah, I said it. I told you she was the one, the problem all this while. Whereas sometimes, it's just the devil. Great ventures, great ministries, great relationship, romantic relationships and marriages have been destroyed by the devil. Destroyed by the devil. Hallelujah. And you might not be as dramatic as Jesus was, but you need to be conscious that many times, you know, what I mean is, I'm referring to the time he looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Sometimes, you see, when people grab you and they are rebuking you, it's Satan. And it takes a trained person to recognize that. Are you with me today? So we just want to touch on this a little more. You know, just the love nature of God. I take this deeper and then. One text we have always dwelt on throughout this series is First John chapter 4, verse 8. You should know it by now. The second part of it simply says, God is love. Can you say God is love? Uh, love is the irrevocable character of God. If you take an x-ray of God's personality, all that you would find is love. Nothing that is not consistent with the character of love can be found in God. Do you believe that with me? God is love. like I've said times and time and again, not that He is lovely, as great as it is to be lovely. Not that he does. He has acts of love, as great as that is. He is. You need to understand. This is a description of his character, his nature. He is love. This is the love nature of God. Why am I saying this? I've talked about this before, but I want to emphasize this from a different angle. You see, anyone can pretend to be who they are not. You can pretend to be who you are You can literally try to mimic a dog. Walk on all fours and woo-hoo and stuff like that. We can, we can pretend to be who we are not. What determines who you really are is who you are under pressure and who you are without scrutiny or accountability. That's what determines who you really are. You see, we can have a Sunday best attitude. But when push turns to shove, who are you? When your back is against the wall, who are you? That's what determines who you are. What you do without scrutiny or accountability and what you do under pressure. Praise the name of the Lord. That's something to, know, to think about when we talk about the love nature of God. If God was not love, who will beat him? Think about it. I mean, what, what are you going to do about it? You, you can't do anything about it. You can't do. God is the only being in the universe who does not have to report his activity to anybody. He doesn't, he doesn't oh, He's not going to stand before any panel. There is no such panel. Worthy of the honor of looking at the actions of God and weighing them on some scale. and So everything that God does, he does because He's his nature. If God ever did anything good for any man, he did it because that's who he is. You have to understand this. If God is love or if God loved us or loves us, it's because he's who he is. There's nobody watching him to say, "Hmm, make sure you don't do it. There there are no consequences (laughs) for God acting otherwise. None. You have to understand this. None. And so he does all that he does not to save his face before anybody, but because that's exactly who he is. He is love. This is powerful and important. As it pertains to us, it's a very crucial lesson to learn. Hallelujah. Many times we think it is the situation that made us act in a particular way. No, that means you don't know what nature is. No situation can draw out from within you what was not within you. <laughs> so many times, we think it's about the person, that annoying person that always gets on our nerves. But can I tell you something? From every situation, we not only learn about the people we are dealing with, we learn about ourselves. Are you with me? When you come to some situations and you respond in a way that you never thought you were capable of responding, you are learning about yourself. Hallelujah. So we are talking about nature here. What is your nature in the Lord? Stop blaming it on where you live, the culture around you. You know how... Listen, I've talked about all these things, you know. A lot of people have it rough. And we can excuse you for it. We know you had it rough. But when it all comes down to it, you have allowed all those experiences affect your nature. I'm not speaking from a biblical doctrinal standpoint. What's your character? What's your consistent character? You have a choice. You can embrace what the Bible says about you, who you are in the Lord, or choose to just be tossed to and fro by culture and experience. The choice is yours. Because when it all comes down to it, nobody can draw out from within you what was not within you. So we're talking about nature. We may enjoy that about God. Just imagine, you know, we make excuses for ourselves. Some people, I don't know, I mean, Nigerians hardly do this. I know very few people who have ever done this. You know, you're getting angry and you're damaging things. It happens in the movies. (laughs) Do it in an African parent's house. You're throwing tantrums at 25. Ah, what is going on? You draw your father's iPad. Bash! Or, you know, all those things you see, you know, on social media. Your team was not playing well. You carry a baseball bat and hit your father's, you know, 54-inch curved Samsung TV. Barcelona! No, not Barcelona. Not Barcelona. But anyway, fans are the true Christians. This, this love, unconditional love we're talking about, learn it from them. They're the true believers. Praise the Lord. You know, and you just, you, you, you just carry a baseball bat, bam, bam, bam. and smash things. We make excuses for people. But what if God threw tantrums? (laughs) We love the fact that God is predictable and consistent. But we make excuses for ourselves. Whereas what is wrong is wrong. We say, I'm sorry, I was angry now. What what does that mean? What does that mean? Nature is what we're talking about. That you can embrace who you are in Christ. And be like that, not based on what the situation around you throws at you, but because that's who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, an average person is the product of his environment. But what the Bible teaches us is that we are the product of the Spirit. Do you understand the difference? That's what I'm trying to say. So if we become more conscious of who we are and what we carry... Drop us in any environment, and we will still be the same. That's our calling. That's our character. That's our nature. Think about it. There is no human being that God does not love. Think about that. There is no human being that Jesus' blood will not be efficacious for. That there's some people, just imagine some people believe in their heart, confess with their mouth. But in the system of heaven, bah! like, no, you. <laughs> imagine Michael is blocking it. You. You can't believe now. You have done it. you. No, you must go to hell. It doesn't work that way. Praise the Lord. Just imagine Paul in the church as a new convert. And then there are people in that same church that he helped to arrest. Maybe they are relatives. Are still, do you <laughs> or, or have even been executed. And now he has to assimilate. Imagine how awkward it was when he gave his first charge. That's a, so open your Bible, Isaiah. Ah. <laughs> That's the beauty of the kingdom. Hallelujah. As I was praying today, the Lord said, I give new beginnings. That's what he said. I give new beginnings. That's. That's the privilege of being alpha and omega. <laughs> Do you understand? Stepping out of time but influencing time. I can give new beginnings. Some people did not believe that Paul was truly saved. And it's not because they didn't see fruit. They just did not want to accept you. See what Ananias told God now. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, God, you know they read newspaper. You don't, you don't read this, You don't know this guy. Hallelujah. As he is, so we are. We're talking about his nature so that we understand our nature. So it's possible to be consistent, to come to a point in your life where you know there are some things you can never do. No matter what. Some things you can can never do. Praise the name of Jesus. You see, I'm sharing the word of God with you to stir up your spirit to recognize your nature. So, as, as a man, not because you're trying to be noble, but because you have the Holy Spirit, you say, I can never lift up my hand and hit my wife. Never. Never. That's a spirit-controlled temperament. As a woman, you know, there's some, you know, you say, there are some things I can never say. You know, sometimes the situation is so bad and, you know, you're trying to explain. This person is hurting and the person won't listen. And we have the propensity to try to hurt the person so that the person will see how much we are hurting. Before you know, you're stupid, mad. You know, is. Hallelujah. It's not always easy, but when you can have that restraint in the spirit, restraint. If you don't have restraint, it is not about how bad the situation was. So there's something wrong with you. You are not trained. Do you you understand what I'm saying? You're not trained. So we're talking about you. We know Lagos is rough, but we're talking about you. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. So this is the love of the Father. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, Romans chapter 5 verse 8 he says, God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, as Christ died for us. You see, this is the beauty of the word of God. We learn by corroboration. All right. We see what was said in this context, what was said in this context, you know. And then we have a wholesome understanding of what God is saying about that subject. So yes, we know that the love of God is demonstrated in the death of Jesus and that's true. God loved us in this way. He gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Powerful. John three sixteen. But now, this text suggests that the love of Christ is not just in the death of Jesus but that it happened whilst we were still sinners. You have to understand this. We're learning about the love of God, a contradistinction from the love of the natural man. It's great that he died for us. But when you think of it, he did it whilst we're still sinners. That you can see people in like diamond and the rough. Do you understand what I'm saying? And see beauty in them. That's that's a different perspective to love. We respond to the things that we see. Oh, she behaves well, I like her. He's handsome, I like him. But you see someone in disobedience, in rebellion, and you judge the person based on what the person can be. And so you begin to treat that person in a manner that is consistently kind and favorable. That's the love of God. Do you understand what I'm saying here? This is different from anything you learn on the streets. God demonstrated his love in this way. Whilst we were still sinners. Sinners? Now that's the love of God. Can I tell you something? Many times, you know, we just talk about love. And when we think about love, we think of great acts of kindness and great acts of kindness is not our problem and that's not what that's not what marks the love of god and that's not when it comes to relationships our relationships our girlfriends are not complaining about our inability to have great acts of kindness once in a blue moon we do that well Valentine's Day, we wear red, top and red trousers. I hope you don't. (laughs) And we paint the town red. We know how to perform for the occasion. That's not love. Do you understand what I'm saying? When this person is acting in a manner that you don't like and you still act the way you acted on Valentine's Day, then you are demonstrating the love of the Father. That you can see someone acting in a manner that is inconsistent with the attributes that you like and appreciate. Are you with me? And you can still treat the person the way the person deserves to be treated because This is who you are. Who you are. Love in our culture is a response. But now we're talking about love as a nature. So God is consistent because he cannot but love. And so he sees sinners and he pays an ultimate price for the most undeserving. You don't learn that on the streets. This is, this is something else entirely. Praise the name of Jesus. This is what makes for the God kind of marriage. Hmm? the God kind of marriage. It is in those times of weakness, those times of inconsistency, those, those times, you know, where I've, I've told you this before. You know, someone asked Jesus, he said, how many times must I be offended without forgiving? He said, 70 times 7 <laughs> in a day. So by the next day doesn't you start from one again. It, it, think about that. Think about that. Hallelujah. So if you have such a reservoir of kindness and love that takes 70 times seven to be exhausted in 24 hours. You just realize what we are talking about. You can't, you you don't learn it. (laughs) It is birthed in you by the Holy Ghost. See, what we have been talking about since we started this series, you can't, a natural man cannot say, okay, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) No, no. It's an identity in Christ. You have to be burned into it. Praise the Lord. Anyway, time is fast. spent, so let me just move on. So love is your nature when you can love people who are not deserving of love. That's, that's, that's what makes the difference between someone who has love as a response. The natural man loves love. He appreciates love, responds to love. The love of Christ (laughs) is in nature. And the proof that it's in nature is you can love people who are not deserving of love. That way we will know that's who you are. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 43. Matthew chapter 5 verse 43. Jesus is talking. He said, you have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them who despitefully use you. Pray for them who despitefully use you. You're, you now you're... you're hi... Anyway, I don't want to deviate. And persecute you that you may be children of your Father, which is in heaven. For He maketh His Son. I, are you with me? He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good. Just imagine. <laughs> you wake up one day. You've washed the clothes. Your clothes. You've done your laundry. But because you have, your ways have not been pure. You dry the clothes and they refuse to dry. <laughs> like two weeks and they are still very wet. These are the kind of games we will play if we were God for one week. You will see, see mischievous signs and wonders. Mischievous you be like, ah, do you understand? <laughs> So you mean, wicked people still wash their clothes, they're hanging and it dries, and there is God. <laughs> and so he uses this to challenge you to say, listen, the good people and the bad people in the world, they face the same weather conditions. Lagos is not so hot right now because of the sins of some people. I wish. (laughs) Anyway, he causes his son to rise, both on the just and the unjust. Both, right now, those who are righteous in Christ and those who are sinners, we are all sweating. And this Lagos, we are all sweating. It's too much. You know, at some point, I thought the ACs in my house were bad. But just hot. It has made the AC of no effect. <laughs> the thing has to be on for like two hours before you start feeling it small. Like, what's going on? But God causes something to shine both on the just and on the unjust. He centered his reign on the just and on the unjust. Wicked people. Have farms that actually still do well. You know, so now, <laughs> if you are diligent and you plant, it's going to germinate. It's going to germinate. And then he says that if we love our enemies and bless them that curse us, he says we will be like our Heavenly Father. So, who is our Heavenly Father in this context? He knows how to do good both to the deserving and the undeserving. So we're we're differentiating love as it is known in the world and the Bible kind of love, the God kind of love. The God kind of love. Praise the name of Jesus. The God kind of love. See, there are some things that are easier read That experience though. You will not understand what it means to have seven inches of steel nails pierced through your wrists and through your ankles. I mean, you are pinned on a stake with nails. And then you look at the people who put you there and say, Father, forgive them. They know no, no, not what they are. What do you say? They don't know. How do you say? How do you say they don't know? Hallelujah! But they don't. They don't. You see, when Paul came to know the Lord, it seemed like he he. On one hand, he knew that God had forgiven him, but that, that the consciousness of his past. Still filtered into his conversation time and again. He said, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He called himself chief. He said because he, he persecuted the church. He knew he, he was the forgiving in Christ, but he, he still, he, you know, he couldn't get over it. He called himself the list of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because of what I did to the church. Now it's all in the past. That's just an example. So now, when you hear Jesus say they don't know what they are doing, think of Paul. That years later, he, I mean, he's talking about it. He talked about it to the church at Corinth. Talked about it to Timothy. He. he it was, it was just there, somewhere on his heart. Ah, look at what I did. I thought I was being zealous. But I was fighting against God. I thought, you know, I tried to fight God. Praise the name of Jesus. There will be many souls in this nation. Say loud, Amen many souls around the world. Listen, in these days, encounters, divine encounters will be on the rise. Persecutors are going to see Jesus. They will. They will. They will. It will happen. It will happen. Don't think that these encounters just happen You know, it's the prayer of the saints. Hallelujah. It's the prayer of the saints that increases encounters. Prayer increases encounters. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Thank you, Lord. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Say, thank you, Jesus. Ah, 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 And then he says all of this, and then in verse 48, he says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly Father which is in heaven is perfect. You know, a lot of people, you see, this principle of Bible, Bible interpretation, the context rule is so important. Now, when he says, be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. He's not talking in general terms. This is context specific. He's making a comparison. Be like God. In what? In love. To who? Do you understand? So, so, how is the heavenly father in this sense perfect? Perfect. He loves the just and the unjust. The Greek word translated perfect is teleos. Telios means complete. So he's telling you your love is not complete if it is selective. That, that's what he's saying. Be ye therefore complete in love, as your heavenly father is complete. He said, if you love only the, them that love you, he says, You're not different from the publicans. Any Anybody in the world will respond to love. You're not different. You're not different. And so your love is incomplete if it is only targeted at people who are ready to give it back. So, we are perfect when we love people who are deserving and people who are not deserving. Perfection is not... Well, in this context, it is context-specific. Praise the Lord. I'm saying that because the popular interpretation of this verse, (laughs) you know, that verse has been misconstrued. So the question again is, who are you? Yes, I know you have a, you know, a, a temperamental boss, but who are you? I know you have to walk through Yaba every day and people who want to sell to you are dragging you out, madam. You know those guys? But the real question is, who are you? Lagos is an interesting place. (laughs) Interesting place. Hallelujah. But remember, nobody can draw out from within you what was not in, in you? Look at First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-one. Thank you, Jesus. First Peter chapter chapter two, verse twenty-one. It says, "For even hereunto were ye called." Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in His steps. Who did not sin, neither was guile found in His mouth. Who, when He was reviled, reviled not again. Aye. (laughs) When He was reviled, reviled. You know, do you know what it means for someone to abuse you, and you walk away? And you know, this, these are trainings in the world. When we used to do that, when we were young, you try that in the school, they, ah, they would tease you. You say, eh, no, 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 no. They will not be telling you what you can and cannot do. You cannot take it. You cannot, he said, he said your head is big. You cannot take it. Ah, In fact, sometimes they will make it a community thing. We cannot take it. We cannot take it. <laughs> some will be adding things that were not even there, that were not even said. Ah, 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 ah. And, you know, and then some will be giving effects. When, when they say something against you, they say, <laughs> you know, thank God. That year, eh, you now feel... The pressure that I have to reply. I have to reply. I have to reply. It's bad enough that Jesus was dragged to the cross, stripped off his clothing. You know, I told them in Abuja Church, I said, if the redemptive walk was just to be stripped of your clothing and to walk around the city, just imagine, they say, we're not going to beat you. We're not going to nail you on the cross. We'll just remove your clothes, Then you'll walk from there to Oshodi. That's all. Ah. <laughs> Do you know that's enough? That's enough. That's enough. It's okay. Stop picturing it. <laughs> you, you know. But, but now, the worst humiliation. And to think that he, throughout the process, he had the upper hand. He had the upper hand. Have you watched X Men and the cool stuff those guys can do? At any point, she could just wink and all of them would just levitate, you know? Say, we got they follow you play. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Baby, or, or something like that. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, Sorry. Or maybe when they slapped him and said, Professor, he said, You just carry that one. <laughs> You say what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You punish in a creative way. You know all those? <laughs> you know all those? See, the heart of man is wicked. If you doubt it, check boarding house. See the punishments. You draw a car on the wall and say, push it. <laughs> I didn't do <know> that for him before. <laughs> One very wise junior just carried duster, dusted it, drew another car in front. You can't reach his destination. I pushed it. I said, Push it. So, so, you know, someone will sit down, meditate on new punishments. Then that one is now God. What will you do? Praise the Lord. That before you were arrested, you pick someone's ear from the floor and put it back. Do you know that's a powerful statement? If I'm the soldier, I'm not doing it again. Just like, ah, no. Where's the handcuff? Is this your ear? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So which way? Ha. <laughs> you know, and then you're beating him. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, think about it now. Even some of us in this room cannot wait for, for the time we're going to have some influence and some money in this nation. Because, you know, subconsciously, we're like, you, you have to, you know, they will take advantage of you. So you, you, you have already imagined it. You know, when you have the influence and the power, you, you, want, to, you, you want to show some people. You want to show some people, you know. Some people have mouth You know, when I was in Abuja, I did my what, did, what, what, did, what voter's card registration in the House of Assembly now, a National Assembly. So in that place, there were a lot of big people, a lot of big people in that center. And everybody was just looking casual. and. There was a barracks there, so there were soldiers too. And you know, soldiers trying to chance civilians. So there was a guy who won the soldier. He said, don't cross that line. <laughs> C- civilian. You know, so he said, don't cross that line, you know. So the soldier just went, jumped the queue. And this guy grabbed the soldier. I was there. <laughs> like this. And pulled him to the side. He said, I will deal with you. <laughs> You know, everybody was afraid to ask, who are you, you know? So, you know. <laughs> who, are you? who are you, sir? Who are you, sir? Are you the Messiah? Why do you baptize? <laughs> you know? If you are not the Messiah, why are you baptizing? You know? Are you the prophet? Are you Elijah? You know? <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, if you are not careful, your heart will be longing, you know, in this nation, you need to ah let nobody who you, you know you'll be rehearsing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But to have, I mean, we're talking about the word that created the world humbled himself before his creation. I like the way Peter put it. He said, they killed the prince of life. Think about that. (laughs) Look at the irony. They killed the prince of life. (sighs) So imagine at the end of your life, you want to explain to him why, you know, you have to show yourself in Lagos because, ah, They will chance you, you know, you have to wise up. You'll be like, eh, really? I don't know what you're talking about. I I understand. I want to ask you a question now. Based on all that we have been saying. If all the people you love right now love you, is your love the love of Christ? Think about that. So, if there is nobody that does not like you, but you consistently pray for, believe the best, for, uh, um, you know, for, and consistently desire well for the person, consistent, then you're not demonstrating the love of Christ. So, we're talking about not for the person's sake, but for your own sake and for Christ's sake. Growing in your love work to say, I have a difficult dad. Amen. Let me tell you something that happened last year. I had a conversation with my dad that did not go well, and I was very pissed. Very, very pissed. And so, you know, for a while. Yeah, was, you know, normal now, in the morning, you pray for everybody. You, pray, you mention his name, but you know, you don't want to call him. <laughs> you know? Those kind of things. So it happened for a while. I'm telling you the truth. This, this happened just last year. So for a while, we were not talking. Don't look at me with that judgmental eye. You know? <laughs> my sins are forgiven. <laughs> so, we're not talking. And then, I was driving one day, and a message came in, a call from my mom. Pray for your dad, he was just involved in an accident. I packed. Mom, I said, what's the problem? What's the problem? I said, my dad, he's just involved in an accident. Hey, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, God. You know... I wanted to blast in tongues. Guilt was holding me. You know? The high. You see now? Maybe he has died now. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Now. Jimmy, your last moments. (laughs) Hey, God. It was bad, though. This is what I'm (laughs) saying. It was bad. Hey, God. Hey. Hey. So, I I didn't know what to say. Like, I, I was just... What was coming to my mind was our last conversation. Our last conversation. You know, the things, how I've led up how the things I said, I said, God, no, this is not happening. Is not. <laughs> so after an hour, you know, I called him, not picked. I said, they said you were involved in an accident. Yeah, someone hit my car. Don't mind them. Hey. So I was wondering, how do I bring myself back to anger mode? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Now I've already called you. Huh? <laughs> well, In my mind, like, ah, I love you, Shaw. <laughs> like, it's when, it's when I thought of the fact that I might have lost him. That's when I said, ah, I really love this man. What have I done? And that's what the devil tries to do to us. Jesus said, because the person is finished. Because the person is here, hungry. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was a big lesson for me. Big lesson. Big lesson. Big lesson. So you start practicing it. There are some difficult people. It doesn't mean. <laughs> Listen, mind you, some of you have tried this thing before, but you have tried it in the flesh. Because you thought if I treat them nicely, they will change. (laughs) And then you now realize some of these guys will never change. Do you understand? Some of you know what I'm saying. You have relatives that will not change. Yesterday, today. So if you're gonna do (laughs) what the Bible says, you are not doing it so that ah, after a while they will now feel bad. Ah, I've been bad to you, you you've been nice, they will No. He would do this consistently because of Christ. To say, okay, mommy, daddy, I will honor you all the days of my life because of who you are. Because of who you are. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to, as God blesses me, send you money. Yeah, to, to, to be able to say, yeah, we might, still have, we might still disagree on some things, not just parents, some other people, but there are some things that I will never stop doing, no matter what. Because that's who I am, who I am in the Lord. Good example. A man of the senses, David. Do you know what it means to know that someone is trying to kill you and still honor him as God's anointed? Do you know? Eh? And still say, you have the opportunity to retaliate. And you're like, ah, God forbid that I touch the anoint. Some of you, just small, you know, frailty that you see. You say, They are all the same, anointing my foots. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I think about it. Till the last day. And for you to know that he was not pretended. Even when Saul died, he mourned. He mourned. And this is the part that won't... uh, You know, that story, I still think about it. Like, what kind of man was David? The person who was trying to kill you. Mind you, there is also a doctrinal spiritual sentiment to it. You know... That you were anointed to be king. So many lessons here. But I will not take that throne myself. If God really anointed me, he must give it to me. No one has to die for me to be great. Are you here? Nobody has to. Nobody has to fail for me to succeed. Yeah, You, you anointed me, well fine. Saul is anointed too. As far as he's alive, he's anointed. And I'm going to honor him. Do you know what it means? We're talking about an extreme case. This guy is constantly trying to kill you. And he's, he's deserving of honor. He's just an ill-behaved anointed man. <laughs> but then he's anointed. Imagine you make that kind of excuse. "Ah, Daddy is not behaving well, but he, then is daddy. Then it's mommy. Can't do anything about that. My parents are my parents. Praise the Lord. Huge lesson. Huge. The guy, he was too careful. Just tore Saul's cloth for evidence. Even the tearing, he was guilty. He was feeling bad. Just for evidence sake. Took his staff. Hallelujah. Because when we're under pressure, we know who we truly are. We know how much lesson we have taken in, we have assimilated. When we are not accountable, we know who we truly are. When there is no scrutiny, We know who we truly are. Praise the name of the Lord. And so we choose to love. We choose to love. We choose to love. It's a very important lesson in evangelism too. That there are some people, you know, we, by the time I, some, an average person will preach to you twice. If you don't answer, you say, ah, sons of perdition. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Hallelujah. Just imagine you follow up someone for three years, five years. Hallelujah. You keep loving the person. You keep you, with patience and consistency. Consistency is the key word. Because it's consistency that reveals nature. Consistency. Consistency. It was poor John that said, if you will go to hell, at least at the final time moments of your life, know that my hands were on your ankle trying to restrain you. You know, that consistency. Like, I'm not going to give up easy. You're going to hear this message. You're going to believe. With rough, terrible, difficult people. Praise the name of the Lord. That's the love nature of God. Say, that's my nature. That's my character. I walk in forgiveness. I be a fruit of the Spirit. You know, you know and then, <coughs> this is another difficult twist to the whole thing. It is one thing to forgive. It is another thing for you to still be interested in the person being a part of your life. You're interested in the person being a part of your life. You know, we say, well, I forgive you, I forgive you. I forgive you. <laughs> what? But... Day your day. <laughs> like in Joseph's scenario, you see the people who tried to kill you, threw you in a dry well. And then, well, the magnanimous—they just decided to pity you and sell you to slavery. All these years, an average person, every single day in Potiphar's house, they are thinking about their siblings. In prison, they're thinking about their siblings. Then you become prime minister. Some people will visit. I'm even surprised that you, you, didn't, you didn't think about it. They will visit the house. You know, we like, like an entourage. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary, nothing too flamboyant, just 500 people. You know, you line them up, like, allow them to face, lie down facing up the sun. You bring one nice koboko. What? <laughs> Trust me, I don't. I don't in my mind, I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now they come to you. Okay, you forgive them. You could make them slaves on the spot. Nobody's going to ask you any question. You'd have imprisoned them. Okay, you forgive them, but. You allow them to stay in Egypt. You give them the gift of proximity. Do you know that's a different thing? That's a different thing. Proximity? Ah. That's the love nature of God. (laughs) Proximity. That you still allow them to be family. Still allow them to be family. With man... It is impossible, <laughs> but not with God. For with God, all that he requires for us to do, he has empowered us to do by his spirit. Do you believe that today? You know, I saw a true life story sometime last year. A guy in a courtroom looking at a lady who had killed. Who did he killed his brother and he says, I forgive you, I don't hold it against you, you know, and all of that. Tell me, how, how, did, you, how did you feel when you watched that video, at least at first? What was, what was your first reflex, you know, you know, hallelujah? But that's what we've been called to, that's our life. Bible says love suffers long. <laughs> love is not easily provoked. <laughs> love is not easily what? It's consistent. You can stay on someone, believe in the person consistently. 70 times 7, that's not being easily provoked. Definitely. See, that's my life. Just bow your head. Someone here, you needed this. You needed this. You needed this desperately. And God has spoken to you today. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. It's your nature, it's your calling.